Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. And I'm Caleb. This week we cover our favorite in-joke double entendres, celebrate the U.S. blowout contra-calf wins, and discuss the permanence of these United's renaissance. Guys, I wanted to ask you this week, if you could spend a day with a stand-up comic, like, who would you spend that day with? Now, before you go in, just remember, like, some really funny people are really shitty in real life to spend time with. Like, Jerry Seinfeld, I feel like, would be terrible oh, to spend incredible. time with. Yeah. I wouldn't want to spend a day with him, but, like... No. You're wrong. He sounds he seems like an asshole. Producer yeah. Nick really wants to spend a day with Jerry Seinfeld, apparently. I would spend a day with John Mulaney. The guy seems fantastic. I feel like I would also like to spend a day with Hannibal Burris, but I'd be intimidated and wouldn't say anything. I would like to spend a day, but probably during like March Madness, with as much of sports going on, just in a sports bar with Bill Burr <laughs> and just listen to his just like rant about good. every single sport and just like Chime in every once in a while, yeah, you're right. And just like, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> That'd be great. Since you stole John Mulaney, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Chris Gethard. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I've not heard of this oh, guy. Oh, man. Uh, not only does he hit like that perfect sweet spot, like The Hilarious World of Depression, another great podcast, by the way, um, recently had him on. Where I'm trying to remember what they called him. I think it was like the Muhammad Ali of comedy about mental illness. So that part was awesome. But there's also the fact that he grew up in um, New Jersey at like the perfect time for all of the like 90s hardcore punk bands that I was really into in high school. And he like went to all those shows. Yeah. He also had a great show that was on IFC and the oh, Fusion and then True TV. Yeah. And now it's it's gone. But one of the shows this past season, their last season, his one he's like a, a a crew and one of them like announces the show, announces all the guests and everything. During one of the shows, he was wearing a Minnesota United t shirt. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. Uh Bruce McGuire tweeted about it. Is he from here? I, Murph? Gethard? No or Murph. Murph. Um, I don't know if he is. I don't think so. No. But I mean who can resist that logo, you know? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 the best crest in the world, voted sportslogos.com 2015 or something. <laughs> Does that like weird poll that was like a web vote and we flooded it? Oh, I think in recent years, Sacramento and uh, I think Detroit City have kind of also got a lot of following from uh, logo, soccer logo appreciators. You know, who else has? Minneapolis City. <laughs> You know the opposite of it, though they got then they devoted like yes, they list. did. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, anyway, speaking of Minneapolis City, Minnesota United, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, let's move into our first segment of the show: United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. In United Passions, we talk about the United we are most passionate about: Minnesota United FC. Who? Speaking week, of bright futures. Bright. <laughs> It's really well, cloudy up ahead. I mean, it really, really dark. In, that, in that FIFA movie, you know, you see FIFA kind of overcoming the odds, distinguishing itself, becoming this, like, heroic organization under, under like, this magnificent Sepp Blatter who has a six-pack. 
and I mean, that's Minnesota United in the NASL. They don't show the like, you know, descendant or disgusting corruption and destruction that happened to FIFA and uh, Minnesota United this week. Uh, maybe not the corruption, but the destruction for sure, where Philadelphia managed to knock in four goals in one half of soccer, three of those coming within, I think it was 26 minutes. Yep. Yeah. And uh, n- not good for the Loons, who ended up with a 5-1 loss at Park. That's the name of the stadium, right? Like, I mean, that is officially... Especially after this game, how many times they played that song. Can you sing that in a minor key for us? I've not studied music. I don't know how to do that. How do I do that? I I would try and do it, but my voice is shot with a cold right now. Someone should... Wait, you let me make out with you when you had a cold? What the hell, Colin? I thought you were a bug chaser. Anyway, (laughs) moving on from that totally normal exchange for my co-hosts um <laughs> yeah terrible defending all around pretty much no one really showed up to the game uh i, I like, to, like to apologize to the people i was watching the game with because i had to watch it i couldn't turn it off <laughs> i was doing the match recap for 55-1 because like after 13 minutes when they had stored their seconds like this isn't going to get any better i i can go to the other room the tv over there i can watch in that room like no we'll just watch it out here <laughs> but i had to tell they were really disappointed <laughs> It was bad. Um, just lack of digital on defense, starting back when we lose the ball on the offensive end, which we didn't have many chances in the first half at all. I think we had like two total the entire game, really. Um, just bad. And this was a lineup that did pretty well a couple weeks ago against uh, Portland. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, th- I think the whole like shit show is encapsulated on Fafa Pico's goal, where the guy gets the ball. Wait, which one of his goals? <laughs> more specific. Both the, of them were shit show tastic. I, I mean the first one. So I was actually thinking the second one, but go ahead. Uh, you can make your point. Well, the second one came from a ball where he just had way too much space. Jerome Tiasone was not covering him that hard at all. He was tucked back in because he figured that he needed to effectively play as a center back. Turns out that Michael Boxel was also right behind him, so he could have stepped up had there been adequate communication there. Instead, Jerry just stands there like four yards away from him, and Pico just drifts it right around him. The effect of this is basically a union player running the ball in the box, three Minnesota United players watching him very, like, just standing still in a triangle watching him, and Pico taking just this beautifully placed, like, well-timed, easy shot into the top right corner. And, again, I I think you're right, that goal is emblematic of Minnesota United's game, where we just let Philadelphia come in nice and easy, tee up, do exactly what they wanted, and we just stood there still. Even the substitutes... Not what I would have done in that situation. No, um, Gomez comes on for Jerry at halftime. Jerry didn't have a good game. Uh, much on the broadcast that he was um, not 100% fit. Why is he playing? <laughs> so we can get in the playoffs? <laughs> like, what? what I mean, po- I don't know why I don't start Eric Miller there. Or sub <laughs> Eric Miller on at halftime instead of Lachie Gomez. I don't well, know because it. Eric Miller's also been not fit but he was on the bench you give him for each 45 yeah. minutes it's fine you know who was on the bench carter manley all the way in fucking las vegas oh fun or wherever the fuck the lights were playing 
our minds. All the lights? That, that, that they, they play in our minds. And uh, he, Harrison Heathen for Maxi, which... Maxi had a bad game. There's, there's a reason why people were mad that Harrison Heath signed with us. It's, it's because he's a bad player. He's really bad. I, I would not agree with that. I think he is <laughs> poor, but he's not really bad. Like, I have seen him make none of the kind of horrific mistakes, for example, that I've seen Calvo make. Uh, let's go to the next goal. Fifth goal. Anybody? Osinio walks around him, and Heath, instead of trying to chase the ball, kind of drifts back and lets him go. Well, let's put it this way. I am okay with Harrison Heath being on our reserve squad. I am not okay with him coming on, and Ibsen coming on, by the way, while leaving Omsberg, Toy, uh, Manly off in Las Vegas, all of those guys off. What are we doing here? We're not going to get to the playoffs. Play these guys. Schieffer Decker making this point on 55-1. I've talked about it on the pod before. What are we doing? What's this pl- th- three-year plan? What the fuck is this three-year no, plan? The, the part of a three-year plan is you figure it out in your third year, so they don't know yet. Obviously, because yeah, it it takes two years to come up you, with you, a three-year plan. You are four nil down. You have been humiliated already, boy. Just put your kids on so they can get some major league soccer experience against a really good team. Maybe shake them up a bit. Just do it. Who knows? Maybe they'll score. I don't know. I mean, I don't fault the Heath for Maxi as much as some people would suggest it should. Just because Fernando Bob still needs to audition for this team. Fernando Bob's also 30. Yeah, but he hasn't played in MLS. You need to see what his skill set translates but to. But we keep signing these mid-range players in their late 20s or early 30s, Andy Rodriguez, and now Fernando Bob, and they're... But we're not building for the future. They're going to be in their thirties next year. What you just said, Angie Rodriguez? That's what, that's what me my like, friends call him. Oh, that was a great English teacher at my school named Angie. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I'm just saying like, just, just that's what name. that name but, yeah. like makes me think of. But we signed these players who are near the end of their prime for sure, and they're not any better. And going forward, we want to make the playoffs with Angela Rodriguez at our forward and Fernando Bob in the midfield. That's not going to happen. We yeah. need our young players to develop, like Maxi, like Toy, like Romario. I mean, these players have have to play to develop. And we saw when we got we made two summer signings. Romario sat the bench and came in as a sub. Angie got put right in immediately, and it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And I think you also touched on something that Schieferdecker also touches on um, in an actually a Reddit comment on his article, which is that this was the same team that put a lot of win at home. Now, there are some folks who argue that, you know, Heath with his three-year plan is not the problem. He just hasn't been given the tools to take care of the ish- the, the, the problems. Uh, it's Manny at fault. It's Amos at fault. But Schieferdecker and you pointing out that this is the same team that yeah. plays abjectly on the road and really well at home. That's not Manny. Manny doesn't have any say on how these guys play week to week. That's coaching. It's, it's a matter of motivation. Right. And one quick aside about that. Um, the, the Portland aspect, Romario started that yeah, game. I was going to mention that too. Schuler got subbed in when Romario got injured. But still, very similar starting 11. Yeah. And you, you should argue that the starting 11 we put out in Philadelphia was our strongest 
for the players yeah, that available. Yeah, it was the strongest that we had. Yeah. Also, uh, producer Nick put in the, in the notes, how what is Harrison Heath's FIFA rain, rating at 60? The potential of 65, so maybe he could get better. I don't know. <laughs> um, Obviously, he can get better. He's going to be five you know, extra points. 15 Jeez. years from now, he's going to have been like our like USL talisman. Oh. Like all our like young drafts years now, will, like look up to him as a father figure. And, like, 20 years from now, he'll be our coach. <laughs> Once his dad retires from, our, from being the Minnesota coach, he's like, Heath out, Heath in. And it's just. It's just like everybody's kids. Like Chris yeah. Wright's daughter is the president or the CEO. Oh. And then Sean Sitnik's uh, unborn child is the director of ticket sales. Manny's son is in... Uh, it's just all all the kids are now in charge. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll still be here doing this podcast with like your guys' kids. So... Wait. Are, are, are we dead? I'm, I'm not cursing my unborn child to this. <laughs> I'm talking about your dogs, like you know. Why on board? Oh, Maggie, Maggie, will host. I'm doing That'll be great. I'm doing everything in my power to make my, sure my kids are not Minnesota sports fans. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you know. I'm gonna raise my kids in Atlanta. <laughs> Cheer for United, not this one. Anyone, not this one. It's Waza, like, say Waza. Nick sees you guys in a few years. Like, hey, you guys hanging out with Nasty? Says no, he punched our children. Like, <laughs> one said, "Yeah, Joseph," and he just punched him. I don't know what happens. <laughs> Miguel and Jill, <laughs> your children, yes, our children. <laughs> He just screamed into, ah, and punched one. He's like, oh, no, we have to get him away right now. <laughs> I mean, he says he blacked out, but I don't believe him. Okay, well, um, this is a great week. Just a great week for Chris Wright to come out and say, before this game, by the way, that he gave uh, the, the, the quote on Twitter. I don't know if it's a direct quote from Chris Wright, but the quote that was used by Sam, Stam, Stegkel, Steckel, whatever his pronunciation is. We really should figure that out for Stage-kel. real. Stegkel. Like Dogekel. It's funny. Okay. All right. Sam Stagekill getting a quote or putting out a tweet that had this quote that Chris Wright gave Adrian Heath a hashtag passing grade for his performance and that Manny and Adrian would for sure be back next year. I mean, I passed biology in college with a D plus. So, yeah. Um, Right. I'm going to do a quick teaser for an article that probably will be out by the time that you hear this. Um, I actually went through a bunch of different team level metrics in MLS and did team rankings for their performances. Um, there's not a lot of passing grades in there. There's, uh, there's a lot of Fs in there. Isn't, isn't the whole argument of all the pro rel zealots that this is the problem. A team can be abject, uh, you know, close to the bottom of the conference. And the, the CEO isn't even saying he's disappointed or scared. There's no, there's, no, there's no pushing at this point. It's just like, yeah, whatever, next year, we'll be fine. No, it's, it's that multiple teams in MLS have really equally bad GMs and coaches. But, but here's what... Imagine San Jose, Colorado, and LA Galaxy all fighting for relevance through the year, firing their bad coaches earlier making more proactive changes and fighting to stay up rather than being complacent and horrible, then we'd have to do the same thing. No, I'm, I'm saying that the front offices that would fire those coaches would then hire equally bad coaches because that's how bad the technical staffs are in MLS. 
Perhaps. Okay, I don't want to go down the parole hole, but basically there's a fantasy argument. If you say it one more time, they'll all appear in this room, yeah, so okay. we can't have yeah. that happen. <laughs> yeah. It's too small. We do. We have in the last few episodes been recording in a new room in my house, which is quite small. There aren't. There isn't a lot of space for uh, more people to show up here. Collins so. on my lap. <laughs> what? I would do that anyway. Timing me now? All right. Well, any other Minnesota sports news? Um, this. Back to Chris Wright just for just a moment. This may be a passing grade to him. But a C minus or a D plus is still a passing grade, and that's not good enough. And it shouldn't be good enough for Chris Wright as the CEO, for Bill Maguire as the owner, or for the or for the fans. We can't look at the field, or look at the game on Saturday, five one away, or look at a away record the entire year and be like, "Yep, this is fine." And it's it's not. It's just a. I think what pissed off a lot of people was that a lot of soda sports are kind of mired in mediocrity or have been in the past for a long period of time we don't want to see minnesota united become that and it's not hard to make the playoffs in mls it's remarkably it's remarkably easy and to not do that in your first two years or even like pressure by the last day to be even close or like i mean we were eliminated last week but we were eliminated a long time before that for and just not by math uh not mathematically i do want to point this out to you you probably read my article already because the median grade for all of these metrics between c minus and d plus yeah also it's worth noting that minnesota united are now on track to get one goal below the 70 goals record that they got last year for goals against 69 nice all right thanks guys thank you very much all right it's now time to move on to talk about the rest of mls in a segment that we call the top step but the cream rise to the top oh yeah normally in top step we cover the latest news from both of america's division one soccer leagues but the nwsl has of course called it for the year any NWSL transfer news yet? Any uh, team news? Anything worth noting? Oh, the noting? Uh, Utah Royals were sued by uh, Tampa City Royals for their name, because that made sense. And there's a reverse filing from the Utah Royals. I believe actually it's from the NWSL that really takes massive aim at the Kansas City Royals and says that there have been other many other organizations that have used the Royals moniker without any attempt by the KC Royals to, to stand in their way, but now that the women's soccer team is doing it, there are problems. So go and leave yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, did you know that there's a team in South Korea called the LG Twins? They're a baseball team. Yep. Better sue them. Yeah. I'm actually I'm fairly certain that former twin Byungho Park actually plays for them now. There is also there I were two think. two other guys uh, I read like Brian Dolomet or somebody who had also done it. Anyway, the point is I this was a great way for me to process my feelings about American soccer teams choosing to say like Minnesota United Sporting Kansas City because the LG team has no claim. There's no reason that they should be the Twins. Like we are the Minnesota is the Twins because of the Twin Cities. Oh, so. The LG twins are the twins only because there's Somebody's one Am- from Wisconsin. One because <laughs> there's one American so- uh, baseball team with the name Twins. The LG twins were like, "We're going to be the twins too." I thought it was because Joe really had twins. I just, I, I, okay, it's really dumb. I think it's dumb. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that that's why we're making jokes as you talk about this dumb thing to point out how dumb it is. <laughs> okay. 
Alright. Alright. Well, uh, let's go on and talk about Montreal playing Columbus. The uh impact. Impact do Montreal coming out with a three nil win against the crew. Yeah, uh Montreal are occasionally really good. The past couple of weeks they've played really good some really good soccer, thanks to uh Piatti and uh Severe Tater. Tater. Severe Tater. Severe Tater. Severe Tater salad. The, the Montreal severe tater. The, the, severe tater. Yeah, severe, severe tater salad. That's what happens when uh, it sits out in the sun for too long. The, the Quebecois commentators are really just uh, the gift Italian, that keeps on giving. You Italian know, Chef Jess's fingers. Ripples the mish. The uh, nipples the mish. Uh, Pieri. Pieri the tater. Oh, just yeah. wonderful. All right. Well, he got really mad that a handball wasn't called. In this game. And uh, VAR coming in helpful. Yeah, uh, clear handball. Unlike the, in the Premier player. League. When Manchester oh, yeah. United, Manchester United played Newcastle. In this game, VAR giving the penalty. And Severe Tater Salad scoring it. And then we had Silva going on another good run. He did that a few games ago too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really quite something running through a midfield and back line. Able to get the second goal, and then uh, Piatti gets in just off of the wing and scores a nice angled shot for the third. Columbus really were not present in this game. Uh, Doug McIntyre, I think it's a, is he the guy who broke the FC Cincinnati Fabian Johnson news? I think it's him. I think it was McIntyre revealing in that same FC Cincinnati Fabian Johnson piece that a contact in Columbus and the Columbus partnership has revealed that the most likely outcome, according to this one person, is that Columbus crew gets sold to a consortium of local business owners in Columbus, while the pre-court scam ventures get their own expansion team in Austin. So uh, hoping beyond hope that that's what ends up happening, but uh, we will See. All right, let's move on to talking about um, some train-themed team that played New England Revolution. The Patriots uh, coming in and losing, valiantly losing, a game in which they were very brave. Uh, 2-1, the loss to for the Revs. You do realize that one goal happened in the 91st and 54th second of a game with 92 minutes. If... You know, like, if with with just a little bit more time, they would have got two more goals. It's just the referee was against them. You know, it's it's it's. I mean, we talked about MLS scripts last week. Atlanta always gets the best scripts. You know that. I mean, they're playing New England. They're gonna win the game. Yeah, yeah. One that Nelson said after the uh, you say potato, I say conspiracy. After George Bellow scored his first goal at age sixteen, um, the announcer said. New England the goalkeeper looked surprised, which is a statement to use in any game at any time that they're in. So, really, they're going to win this game. Yep. Um, There's also the multiple times that Michael Mancian got more turnt than me at the night club. <laughs> Brad Knight. Uh, yeah, Brad Knight did get a little bit reamed out by his teammates here. And uh, Tito Bialba... Um, double jukes him. And it wasn't a nutmeg. It was like right behind his trailing leg. It could have been a nutmeg. It was that close. But that opened up for Julian Gressel to score the second. And then Joseph Martinez. 
I honestly thought that Michael Mancian was falling on multiple banana peels. Like it's just Mario Kart yeah. out there in Atlanta. Like it, it was like a mix of Mario Kart and Sideshow Bob stepping on rakes. <laughs> Are we sure that Garber didn't like spike his punch? Uh, no, he's it, that bad. Okay. Yeah, right. no, it it's, it's not yeah. out of the ordinary. He, he's always him. been that bad. The Univision commentators have a really... The gift that keeps on hurting. We hate these guys here at uh, We Call It Soccer because they just have the most annoying voices. And in this game, one of them choosing to take his goal chant and harmonize it to the Atlanta train horn. What the hell? This was... I, I mean, God. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. No. Also, they if you have the ball in the box, they will yell their, your name at least 364 times, and then you'll shoot. Yeah. Like yeah. it happened to Josh Martinez late in the game. Do we want to talk about Miguel Almi run to Arsenal, maybe? Well, today, Darren Eels has come out and said, absolutely, 100% not. It made me laugh, and not because I worked for Tottenham for a while. That last bit was me improvising, but still. But reported as 13 million... From Arsenal to Atlanta United. And Eels saying that Almiron needs three times that to even get out of bed. <laughs> okay, bud. So uh, Arsenal can probably pay that at this point, especially given the fact that Almiron won't make more than £100,000 a week. There has to be some draw for a young South American player. To want to put on the Arsenal jersey yeah. whereas instead he, of the, the Atlanta United jersey. We should like, always be waiting for him. He's not going to turn his nose up at the opportunity to play for Arsenal in the Premier League. He's going to be... No. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sitting here where we drilled spikes into a rail with a hammer for each game or something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Also, our stadium's really big, but it sucks. There's a butthole above me at all times. It's weird. It's really weird. Take me the Emirates, please, please, please. So we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. FC but Dallas. There's a butthole in the owner's box. Heyo. Hey, only when Columbus crew come to town. FC Dallas playing Orlando City SC. Dallas getting the 2 nil win. Uh, the big news this week is that FC Dallas' Christian Coleman has torn his ACL in training and is out for the rest of 2018. Big loss for them, but Mosquera coming in yeah. for Coleman. And Dallas now four points clear of SJC for first place in the Western Conference. Orlando has 68 goals conceded so far this year with four games left to play. They're kind of just, there's a lot of teams that are in line to just shatter a record from last year, including us. So hopefully Orlando yeah, does please, well there for please, us. Please, please, please. Yeah. Should also mention the playoff pitch of the Revolution are all but out, unless Montreal has, and DC have some sort of stellar pour petrol on ourselves and set ourselves on fire situation. And, uh, and Toronto's out from the last game. Yes. With uh, Vancouver losing that one 2 1 at home. Um, Ty Kamara with the game winner. Tybert? Tybert? I don't know. Tybert. Tybert. was the opener. Three minutes in for Vancouver. Uh, Greg Vanderweel <laughs> hip checks Jordi Reyna for a second yellow. Like, this was Toronto's season in a nutshell. A few missed shots here and there, but overall just questionable, questionable play the entire time. Uh Goes the always scores. It's a penalty while Toronto's a man down, but that's totally overturned by the Ty Tamara game winner, which was a great run by him and good finish. Yeah. I wonder what it's like to have a player of Kai Kamara's caliber as one of your substitutes. I mean, Ibsen? Yeah. Ibsen. <laughs> yeah, Ibsen. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, SKC 
playing the persistent problem in computer games unless you are on very good broadband. Lag. Damn it. Someone restart the server. Uh, LA Galaxy. Game ending 1-1. Can I just say as a non-gamer, I vaguely understand that joke every single time you say it. I don't even know if lag manifests itself the way it, it used to. I mean, I okay, so I grew up in India. Playing computer games there on a dial-up connection was horrendous because you would... I mean, it was literally like... Half-Life is my reference game for this. The the players around you would be like pause stopping while you're walking, then you'd get dragged back because you know your character hadn't it, it's all it's sorts of connections. Someone problems. plays online, FIFA and also Overwatch. It still happens. Yeah. Hey, speaking of horrendous, how about that Ola Kamara penalty shout, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh pretty clear dive. I think we all agreed in the in the very small studio room that uh he was Going over before Timilia even got near him. Kamara runs into the box being chased by a defender. Milia comes in Easily. to snag the ball. And Kamara basically, right before Milia touches the ball, launches himself into the air. Jumps quite dramatically, actually, over yeah. Milia. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of slow motion there and it turned out to be a Nike ad. But it wasn't. Lands on the ground, gets called for a penalty. Best it's- part with this, Jair Marufo in the... Um, in the referee conference afterwards, actually had the temerity to say that, yes, it was Matt Beasler that touched him instead of Tim Melia, which also did not happen. Yeah. So, Sarhan lines up, takes a penalty, and then blows kisses to the crowd behind the SKC goal, which... Yeah, that was pretty harsh. Uh, Speaking too soon, though, in that area, because... um, Timmy keeping SKC in the game uh, with only one goal down. At one point, Colin shouting, Jesus Melia. And that's his new name now, is Jesus Melia. I yeah. mean, yeah, he pretty save, much. He will save all of our sins and their shots. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Almost gets shipped by Ashley Cole, which, you know what? Fuck that dude, too. <laughs> uh, VAR gets a goal from Daniel Steeris called off and for offside. And then finally, Johnny Russell. Huh. Puts the team on his back. I mean, that Puts guy, Ashley Cole in the home. It's It's got to be really great to have a guy like Johnny Russell who you can reliably bring on and have him score late and in the game. The energy he brought. I mean, there were so many chances after that goal, that density had. They were just unlikely not to finish those. There's so much, such a momentum switch to be pressuring, pressure, pressuring. And then Johnny Russell's like, I'm just going to score now. And then he scores just a primal stream of happiness and rage and just gets the crowd on their feet and yelling and chanting and just you don't see that in certain places yeah it's it really makes us think like once minnesota united is down for the most part we're gone you can't bring somebody on to like change the game for us and for the most part we don't have a player like that unless that player's name is bobby shuttleworth and he's yelling at everybody yeah. All right, Colorado playing LAFC and our weekly question are is Colorado good? <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah, losing 3-0 to LAFC who are now into the playoffs. Adama Diomande getting two goals and then Walker Zimmerman also getting one. Zimmerman. Dude. You had that ball into his dick, man. Right, right into the ditch. Right into the ditch. We got nut, man. What, what happened? His set, his set piece header went straight into Tim Howard's crotch, his, and that's uh, where it bounced in. Right into his cotton taters, <laughs> and then right into the goal. 
Don't remind us of that video. <laughs> Severe tears. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, 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 Christian Pania, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Portland Timbers traveling to Salt Lake City, where they got the the elusive road win that they have not had since June thirtieth. Four one Timbers coming out of this game against RSL. The uh, the one that got away. Scored the, the opener for uh, Portland. The one that got away for Minnesota United. Jeremy. Jeremy. Don't Jeremy Ibabasi. time. I mean, you're already the wokest dude on Twitter. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sebastian Blacko also doing quite well in this game. And then Lucas Milano getting a goal. What? Lucas Milano with like gifted a goal. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Remember last week when Stuttgart threw the ball into their own net? That basically happened to Dan. Only it hit Lucas Milano yeah. on the way in there. Remi- it, it was like a cross between that and the Anglo goal against NYC. R- Romano calling for the ball, getting ball, getting past him. Milano beating him to the ball, knocking it over his head, and then kicking it swiftly into the goal. Savarino getting one goal for a consolation. Early in this game for RSL. San Jose lined up against New York Red Bulls, who ran away 3-1 winners but on really the West Coast. Not. Yeah, uh, who gives a fuck? San Jose has like 68 goals conceded. No, they have 69 goals conceded with three games left. They nice. could. Yeah, thank you. I went for not to say that, but he doesn't play that game anyway. Uh, they have two or three games left. They could easily be the worst defense in the in the lead history but also they just hired a fantastic coach from lead match matias almeida the man has dreamy hair first of all he's an argentinian former player who led river plate to victories from the serie b in argentina after their historic relegation several years ago then he moved on to Mexico, where, among other things, he was the manager at Chivas, leading them to several wins, including CONCACAF Champions League. Turns out that he has more wins against MLS, different MLS sides than the San Jose Earthquakes under their last three managers. Oh, man, they really didn't beat us next year. Dear God. <laughs> yeah, so this guy is really good, saying that it was the directors, I believe, of San Jose who had lured him. Yeah. So to the, the one club. thing is he doesn't stay in a job more than a couple of years, it seems like, from his past job history wonder um, how he deals with the cold yeah um so i mean if things go right or if things are wrong he'll probably leave early if things go right he might just did move on and do a new job it doesn't he, he's very fleeting it seems like yeah, but he's a good hire i think the bigger thing though is that he did show a lot of persistency by lasting three years at Chivas de Guadalajara of and all teams. winning a counter with them. Not only that, also dealing with the Chivas board being the Chivas board. Yeah. Well, it's also worth mentioning that Red Bulls are now within one point, just one point behind Atlanta for the Supporter Shields after 32 games played. You can do it. All right. With that, it's time for us to take our break here. We'll return to just a little bit more MLS and a lot more from around the world and the American lower leagues.
broadcast news from Minnesota United fans. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Tannenwald at the goalkeeper on Twitter announced that ESPN will televise an MLS doubleheader on October twenty first. Uh, Eastern Conference games will be at three ish. Western Conference games will be at five fifteen ish. Um, Eastern Conference game will be the Atlanta Chicago game. Who cares about that? But the Western Conference game will be Minnesota versus LA Galaxy, which will be our only nationally televised game this season. So fifty thousand in the stadium and bright lights of ESPN and the nation watching. So we'll probably do something to really mess things up. And oh no, oh it's no, probably, it's, just, it's all going wrong. Is it going to be Max Bredos instead of Adrian Healy? Probably I, is. I, I, I would. I, I thought is. you were going to say instead of Zlatan, who won't play because of the turf. But yeah, maybe now that he's on ESPN, they'll be like, Don Darby, like, hey Zlatan, you have to play, and Zlatan will be like, no. So you just blow him kisses I'm, from I'm across bigger the room. than MLS. Yeah, which he, which he literally said. I know this that, last that's week he was why like, I directly I am, quoted him. I, I'm bigger than all of MLS. I mean, he's not wrong. No, which is the frustrating part. <laughs> he I, is a very large man. Yeah, let's yeah. let's point yeah. that out yeah dc united i'm referring of course to his penis oh, okay thank you <laughs> dc united keeping their playoffs hope playoff hopes alive and demolishing chicago's in a two-win victory at audi field rooney had a hell of a game that had he been playing in england would have been 10 times better why? Because Why VAR is be better. Because England? there's no VAR in England. Yeah. yeah, he did have a goal called off for VAR. He scored a penalty late in the game and had another goal too. Yeah. Um, shock of all shocks that Wayne Rooney had a good game. Um, equally shocking, however, was when Raheem Edwards pretty much made. DC's defense look like Minnesota United out there. <laughs> like and that's saying something. Like the three guys that were around him looked like fainting goats as they were trying to defend against him. He just like kind of step overed <laughs> and then shot a completely open shot from ten yards out. He stored for Chicago, but he really stored for Montreal in their playoff hopes, which who he played for this earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah. He came over in the trade for the Chicago. You gotta wonder this this how this wonderful transformation of DC United how deep it runs because you know remember starting of this year even going back to last year there was a controversy about the smoke bomb fan banning you had um, all of that stuff about fans take trying to take home seats from RFK at the final game there you had um, the the ownership kind of being tone deaf. This year, you had those executives leaving. You had the Barra Brava having ticket controversies and and basically skipping several games because the the favoritism shown to the Screaming Eagle supporters group. But then you've seen DC change ownership groups. You've seen them bring in Wayne Rooney. You've seen the the profile, very positive profile, Ben Olsen, that was done by um, Maurer? Yeah, Pablo Maurer. Pablo Maurer in the DCist. And it's just, I mean, it's... They've really turned around a lot of different things in the organization. You really have to hope that it's a, it's a deep sea rooted change because this is a, this is a franchise that has needed some of that for maybe the last five or six years. It's almost like if you clear people out that are terrible, things get better. Well, let's not talk too soon. It has been only a half season of that, and we did see DC. What is it? Three years ago, go from being last to top of the league. Basically. Three years. Three year plan. <laughs> 
<laughs> was it was it three years ago? Was it twenty fifteen or was it twenty sixteen? I can't remember. I think it was but, fifteen that they were great. Oh, never mind. Yeah, That's four like years. A minute, but yeah. Anyway, well, Seattle have played Houston this past week in the final MLS game, and Seattle getting four goals. Houston only being able to answer with one from Old Man Beasley as consolation. I think we have to note the fact why this game was played on a Monday. MLS games are never played on Mondays. You know why this game was on a Monday? Why? Beyonce played at CenturyLink on Saturday. And they needed that much time to clear out the field because Beyonce. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was one of those Quidditch games again that they had that one time which ruined CenturyLink's pitch. (laughs) Seriously, have you heard this? Yes, I have. But they're flying up in the air. I don't understand. (laughs) <laughs> Magic is uh, real, god damn it. They just give you like a uh, like a dab of LSD before you go in there and then everyone just thinks they're running in the flying around but they're actually like running <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, I like Harry Potter now having read it this year, but I oh, still so got the the idea of people running around with brooms on the ground is the <laughs> dumbest thing I can think of. <laughs> this is a Quidditch World Cup, a real one. It was in Italy this year. Well, it's not real cuz they're not flying around. Also, got to mention, producer Nick, I broke him with that joke. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I, I just can't take it, man. It's, it's too It's real lame. to me, damn it. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right. Okay, Lay well. the LSD, bro. It's time to talk about U.S. lower no. league soccer in a segment that we call Get Low. And this week, for our wrap-up of Lower League Soccer, we're going to do something just a little bit different, which we're hoping is going to be the theme from now on, the way we do this segment from this point forward. Since leaving the NASL, since Minnesota United left the NASL, I should say, the three of us over here, we've tried our best to keep track of the U.S. Lower Leagues, but there's been something missing, a certain knowledge of being there, knowing all the people, and uh, there are folks who are much smarter than us, we think, at covering U.S. Lower League Soccer, and we thought, why not have some of them on the show from time to time? Doing the Lower Leagues wrap-up this week and hopefully going forward is Nippon Chopra from the excellent website Socktakes, S-O-C-T-A-K-E-S, which you should check out. Check out his uh, Lower Leagues wrap-ups also on his Twitter account, which I will tell you after he's done wrapping up this week's Lower Leagues news. Hey there, my name is Nippon Chopra, and a uh, big shout-out to the guys at 2 United Fans for letting me do this. Uh, we're going to, every week, talk a little bit about Lower Division Soccer. And what I'll be doing is I'll be giving you a couple of uh, interesting games that happen at the lower division level, um, as well as some interesting bits of news. Um, this week is very USL heavy, but that's just uh, the way things are. I don't think it'll be that way every week, but all the stories and news bits are from the USL this week. Uh, let me start with a couple of interesting games that happened uh, yesterday, that's Saturday, uh, October 6th. Tampa Bay Rowdies lost to the Charlotte Independents. It's been an inc- a complicated week for the Tampa Bay Rowdies because they were uh, Bill Edwards, that was the ex-owner, uh, sold the team to the Tampa uh, Bay Rays, the baseball t- uh, baseball uh, ownership group, who will now operate the team. And in the midst of all the crazy business stuff, the Rowdies were also trying to get a playoff spot. Uh, they were in 12th going into the game, and after the game, that's where they remain. And um, pretty much the loss rules them out of 
uh, a playoff playoff contention, which means fantastically talented players like Poku and of course Joe Cole, who everyone knows, uh, will start considering their future uh, pretty soon. Um, the second interesting game was Atlanta United to beat fourth place Charleston Battery, uh, which was a complete upset and unexpected because teams like Atlanta United 2, uh, Toronto FC 2, etc. have struggled this season. But for some crazy reason, they've had a really interesting and strong uh, last four or five weeks. Uh, TFC 2 has beaten some of the biggest teams in <laughs> in in the USL um, for the last six weeks. So At- Atlanta United 2 uh, beating Charles- fourth place Charleston Battery uh, just kind of keeps up with that trend. And uh, for anyone who is listening, you should probably check out the second goal, which was the, the winning goal, of course, uh, in 2-1 win for Battery, uh, for Atlanta United. Um, you should check out the build-up to that second goal, a fantastic pass that would make Paul Scholes smile. Um, so make sure you check that out over at uslsoccer.com. couple of bits of news here. The first bit of news is the rebranding story. If you've been living under a rock or haven't checked out Reddit, you may have missed that USL has rebranded itself uh, earlier. Well, currently the, the leagues are known as USL. That's the Division 2 league. USL D3, which is... Uh, the league launching next year, uh, and then PDL, Professional Development League, which is the amateur league, uh, you know, about 90-plus clubs all over the country that you probably never hear of. What is happening is the league announced about 10 days ago that the league will rebrand as USL Championship, USL League One, and USL League Two. Um, there's a lot of conversation about whether this was necessary, um, my own opinion is it was necessary. Uh, I think the league had to change the name for D3. And when you're doing one of the leagues, you might as well do all the leagues and kind of bring it under the same umbrella. I think um, there's also conversation about whether just kind of adapting the name of, uh, of the Premier League uh, of, uh, of English football with League 1, League 2 Championship is a good idea. I think with marketing, you always want to make sure that an idea is accessible, and what better way to make an, a brand accessible to passionate soccer supporters than by rebranding to something that they would recognize. Uh, so I think it's a plus overall for the league. It doesn't change the business model. It doesn't change any long, persistent issues that USL has, uh, but it was simply a marketing gimmick, and in that sense, it, it worked. Um, another bit of news, speaking of USL League One, a.k.a. Uh, USL D3 currently, um, based on information that I was given and Soctex was given, uh, there will be a new team playing in uh, Riverside County in California, uh, which is which has the cities of San, San Bernardino and Riverside. Um, they will have a new team next year playing in USL Division Three. While that might not be exciting to most regular soccer supporters, what is exciting uh, and remarkable is the fact that this team will have the uh, ownership group of AS Roma behind it, the one and only AS Roma, historic Italian club, home to the great Francesco Totti for a long amount of time. As our um, as regular uh, soccer 
Aficionados will know, yes, Roma currently does have ties to American soccer. They are really making a push for uh, w- with their uh, AS Roma English Twitter brand, as well as having, of course, uh, heavily invested American ownership. Uh, so it, in some ways it makes sense. But question has to be asked, why is AS Roma investing at the Division Three level? That That is something I, I'm very puzzled by as well. Um, so if and when this story comes true, I think there will be some answers to some long-standing questions. Finally today, we're going to end on a somewhat a humorous note. Um, on Friday, we found that the Orange County Soccer Club, uh, which is a club in the USL, Twitter account was hacked and taken over by none other than John McAfee, the same infamous John McAfee who's known for his incredibly weird uh, stories out of Central America, best known for his work uh, setting up the McAfee antivirus, which annoys everyone that has ever tried, <laughs> done a trial of it. Um, and f- I have no idea. And of course, he he also ran for president as a libertarian candidate. Uh, it's still unclear why John McAfee uh, did that, or even if it was him. Um, but last I heard, there was it was hacked out of Greece, and um, USL is kind of keeping pretty tight-lipped about the whole thing, except to say that they reached out to Twitter and everything was solved amicably and they have controlled the account once more. And I'll leave you with this. And I think someone else on Twitter said this, uh, so it's not an original idea. In the large scheme of American soccer weird stories, as weird as this is, it's probably not even top 10. And I'll leave you with that and I'll see you next week. I forgot that he is a Manchester United fan and I regret doing this now. So (laughs) (laughs) Also... Never change lower league American soccer. Never change. You can find Nippon at N-I-P-U-N-C-H-O-P-R-A-7 at Nippon Chopper 7 on Twitter. You can find Sockdakes at S-O-C-T-A-K-E-S at Sockdakes. Thanks, Nippon, for that wrap-up. Much appreciated. Looking forward to what he has to say next week. Also, one other bit of news. There's going to be a new USL New Mexico team that has been unveiled as New Mexico United, their crest coming out, pretty sharp stuff. Yellow with some lines and big United in it. New Mexico is like the one state that you can pull off like a bunch of really cool desert looking pastels. In it, they go with extremely sharp black and yellow. I'm sorry. Black and yellow, black and really, yellow, black really and yellow. Huge, uh, Stop it with Khalifa. Stop it. They're huge Khalifa fans. I would actually. Back in the day, what I really wanted when NASL was trying to challenge MLS in Chicago, I really wanted them to start the should we start the Chicago Sting and then have Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa be their kind of walkout song, their goal song and everything. It's just that See, one song. that would have made sense. You know. Not this for New Mexico. Another quick bit of USL news um, breaking even after Nippoon was able to report on it. Um, Penn FC, the former Harrisburg City Islanders, who are currently playing in USL, are actually going to take a year hiatus and Uh-oh. restart in USL League One in 2020. Whoops. Well, best of luck to them. That kind of sucks to see them go down. We, there's some Minnesota United players at Penn FC, I believe. Uh, Tiago. Yep, Tiago. And also uh, the Wolfman is there. Teen Wolf. 
Tom Heineman yep. eating fans. Well, it's a good thing Ow. that they're taking a break then because then, you know, he's eating less people. Yeah. All right, let's move. They on. might actually be moving away from Harrisburg so they can replenish their population of fans. Let's now move into a segment that we call The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness. Let's get national and discuss the latest from the U.S. national teams. That, uh, song the system only dreams in total darkness maybe not appropriate this week because it was the women who were playing and they thrashed mexico and panama although it is kind of dark that they were playing all of those games on a old graveyard oh yeah and carry the will graveyard yep, that you've described the yeah 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 uh, also i want to chastise both of you i said panama and didn't get the reaction i was supposed to what reaction Okay. <laughs> How about this? Why don't we wait okay. until we actually talk about that game, and okay, then okay. we'll see if it happens. You say it. Yeah. Panama? Panama! Okay. Oh, that, I see what we're that, doing. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Anyway. 6-0 against Mexico. Mexico! Not, not that no. One? Okay, no, sorry. No, no. Sorry, times, man. Sorry, also, a <laughs> little bit too high, bud. A oh, little bit too high. Sorry. 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 I, I, got, I got excited. Rubinio score three minutes into this Mexico game. Yeah. I mean, USA was dominant. This is only the goal of the first half, but really all the chances came from the U.S. side. Yeah, and a lot of the chances actually came from Megan Rapino. Her shot off the bar bounced back to Julie Ertz for the second goal. Her corner went in for the third goal off of Alex Morgan. She had a fourth in this game. Like, this was a Pino party. Peanut parties are always fun. They are always fun. <laughs> U.S. then played Panama. Panama! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. 5-0. The score in this one. The first thing I noticed was um, Sam Mewis scoring a goal. And I said to you guys, wow, she's really tall. And then I looked up her height. And she's 5'11", which, don't get me wrong, is tall. I don't want to diss anyone who's 5'11", including but Caleb in this I, room. I, I am 5'11". I'm... We're, I'm, I'm probably 5'11 at this point. Yeah, but in the soccer world where everybody's six feet and taller, sorry, Freddie, I do. The Sam Mewis towering over the Panama players was not a good sign. And that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like the U.S. were just these massive professional soccer players playing against the children's team. Well, the Panama goalkeeper was 17 years old and I didn't, we didn't watch the game. But from what I saw on Twitter, she actually had some really good saves. Yeah, she did. A, a few times. Like. Okay, thanks for making me look like an asshole, guys, for dissing them. Wait, this is what made you look like an <laughs> asshole? All We've right. done so many other things on the podcast before this. <laughs> Carly Lloyd gets a hat trick. Chris- it's like she's still good. Kristen Press has the ball, and uh, the commentators call, Kristen Press, can she beat two? Turns and out there were two players already behind her that yeah. she had beaten. So yes, answer is yes to that question. Yeah. All right. Well, um, any other Concacaf Nations League games you want uh, to talk about? Well, Cuba has a twenty goal differential, negative twenty yeah. goal differential. Um, I was watching the uh, Canada Cuba game um, at dinner last night, and at one point I thought to myself, "Man, Cuba's behind four nil at roughly the same time." that Minnesota was behind 4-0. And it made me feel really sad. And then Canada scored a fifth before halftime. And I was like, okay, all is well in the world. And then they scored seven more after the half. Wow. 
negative 20 goal differential seriously for cuba jeez yeah all right also worth mentioning in men's national team news christian pulisic literally messy has a torn calf muscle literally torn yeah, Weston McKinney and uh, Tyler Adams also not in the squad. Uh, they have been replaced by oh, there was a ex Rowdy's player, uh, Fafa Pico. Yes, yeah, he's been called up. Yeah, it's almost like that one game made him look really, really good instead <laughs> he of was, Miguel. <laughs> he was called up before that game. He he was. Yeah, but then people were like, "Why was Miguel called up?" This is why. Also should mention ex-US men's national team player Fabian Johnson having some drama with FC Cincinnati that Nippon did not cover in his USL wrap-up. We'll let him talk about it next week because I think he'd have a better take on it than we will. More than likely. Because uh, just to just very briefly cover it, Johnson was being courted by Cincinnati who had been told that they would be subject to allocation, MLS's weird allocation rules, only after the August 8th window this negotiation with johnson is happening before that mls then still came in and said if you sign him now we will still subject him to allocation next year fc cincinnati decided that wasn't worth it some questions about league on league influence after that all right it's time now for us to move into a segment that we call the stiff upper leagues what are you doing in england mind your own business in the stiff upper leagues we talk about soccer for from England, where they have stiff upper lips, and also a proper footy happens. Um, Everton beating Leicester City two one on the road. Um, Tottenham only coming up with a one nil win over Cardiff City, who were down to ten men, who actually looked game the entire match. Tottenham in crisis. Please, please, please. <laughs> only if you ask nicely. Please. <laughs> Big well, game of the week. Manchester United 3-2 win over Newcastle. Did you guys actually watch this game? Because no. it was bananas. Oh my god. So, start out, Newcastle went up 2-0 within 20 minutes. And this was following the Daily Mirror report that regardless of what would happen in this game... Jose Mourinho was going to get sacked anyway. So clearly things were terrible. And then after the 70th minute mark, Manchester United scored three goals, including one from Juan Mata and one from Alexis Sanchez. One from Anthony Martial, all players who Jose Mourinho apparently hates, probably saved his job this week. Is there a player that Jose Mourinho doesn't hate? Ooh, probably. probably. I mean, he played, right? It's probably I himself. He, I think he likes some, some Scott McTominay, but yeah, maybe, Scott, yeah. Scott really, McTominay, isn't that like the intro to oh, the Muppets? He loves Nemanja Matic. Yeah, he does love Nemanja Matic. Yeah. Uh, Fulham lost Arsenal 5 to 1. Arsenal. Nine. 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 No? Oh, nine in a row. Whatever. Yeah. Man. Uh, Arsenal's th- third goal was an amazing team goal that was capped off by uh, Aaron Ramsey. No look back heel. <sighs> Colin, please don't do that while you're I'm while you're I'm on my sorry. lap. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's, let's uh, go out and get him oh, some towels before oh, we resume. God, yeah. uh, Liverpool time sure Manchester City. Down. Liverpool time Manchester City. Uh, Nick and I at the Black Card of St. Paul for this game. Uh, had some at a great time there. 
Fortunately, nil-nil. Luckily for Liverpool, though, uh, they did have a penalty in the 80th minute. Some say Rad Mars's penalty hasn't landed yet. So, <laughs> good news for Liverpool there that he totally solved that one. Pretty crazy that after eight games played, we've got a three-way tie at the top with City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham tied for 18. And then next year, or this year's champions, Watford in ninth place with 13 points. One behind oh, how the mighty have fallen. It's true. True. Well, it's time now for a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't covered already. Another crazy week in La Liga where Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid all... um, All fail to get in front of Sevilla in the table. Sevilla's top of the lead, which is weird to say. That point. is incredibly yeah. weird to say. Uh, Real Madrid lost to, uh, was it Alavis? Alavis, yeah. And right. Barcelona One tied uh, Valencia. Madrid- Valencia, not that good this year. No, they're down in like either 13th or like 15th. I love how Madrid won their game, but still behind Sevilla, who were in first place with a 2-1 win over Tatavita. Worth noting that per Reddit, the the odds for Real Madrid, Bayern, and Barcelona all having a winless in 10 consecutive league games combined, the odds of that before this run of 10 games for all of these three teams, the odds of the, them all having winless games was 1,212,367 oh, damn. Sucks to be you, Bavada. Yeah, so speaking about uh, Bayern Madrid, it's time to talk about the Bundesliga, where uh, this man, Ein Mann, bringt, uh, I don't know how to say eight. Ein Gott. Beer. I'm actually learning German. Acht. I'm actually learning German. I, I want to move there. So I've, I've taken it up. Maybe, maybe at this point, I I would agree. I want to move to Germany in a few years. Maybe you'll look at like you zoom in on the Dortmund's yellow wall, and there'll just be little me like whacking people on the head with my flagpole, like I do here. <laughs> so, um, anyway, a crazy week though in Bundesliga where Schalke beat uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf two nil. Weston McKinney scores again, but gets injured. His first bun- his first Bundesliga goal, his first goal for the club was in the Champions League, which was last week. Correct. Yeah, yep. Dortmund playing Augsburg, a back-and-forth game from the league leaders Dortmund, who had a poor defense and managed to concede first. The game was one goal to two in the 80th minute when Dortmund managed to equalize. And uh, Goetze, Mario Goetze, managing to come back from injury with a goal. Pretty emotional moment for him. Yep. They're, then, so they're up 3-2. Uh, 80th minute, Augsburg equalized through Redersich. And then Pato Altesse. Alcacer, 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 stores his third of the game now on a free kick, screamer, screamer in the last kick of the game to win the game in front of the yellow wall. Fantastic scenes. Uh, Bayern not doing so hot right now. Maybe when uh, who was Ribery who joked with uh, you pint was it you pintus last year? Like, hey, I'll see you in November. Maybe he wasn't wrong. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Bayern lost three nothing to. I'm glad about tips Fedora. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, it, it is a crisis at this point, right? You change your manager, lose all these games in a row. Like, uh, Niko Kovac not getting the job done there. No. And they're in sixth. But also, calm down. Anything below first is 
a failure to them. Exactly. I mean, that, that's the problem. Can you imagine if Bayern... They've played seven games. Can you imagine Bayern in the Europa League at the beginning of that season? No, you can't. Because they'll fire Talbats, hire a new coach, or just at Heintus again, and they'll win the lead. But also... But that's also entirely why you would say it's not a crisis. Because they'll fix it. Because they're Bayern. They do that. But also, this is a little bit different than I think last year, because... They're, I don't think it's a coaching issue. They're playing really bad. Uh, Manuel Neuer does not look like himself at all. He's letting up some easy goals this year, and maybe that injury he had last year and his rush back to the World Cup wasn't the best thing for him. Yeah, that dude needs a long, long vacation. Liga news. PSG beating Olympic Lyonnais 5-0. thing you need to worry yourself about here, though, is everybody's French wunderkind. Mbappe. Gets four goals, Bappe. Four goals in 13 minutes in the second half. Incredible. Uh, Monaco lost one to two to one to Rene. Yeah. Monaco actually with one win Ren. in all competitions. Ren. Eh, Ren. Actually, it is Stad Rene. So. Yeah, so how about you just go take your French meditation somewhere else, you Baghdad eating, red wine drinking. <laughs> Romo pays there. Yeah. <laughs> Monaco with one win in all competitions this season. That's the actual crisis. We can agree on that, yeah? Yeah. Okay. They're 18th in the league. Like, they're right. in the relegation fight right they now. They were relegated, was it five years ago? Yeah. And now, uh, it's time for us to move into the final part of our show. I just have to ask, are you going to be huge downers again this time, or are we going to get some laughs? No, my dog didn't die this week. Yeah. <laughs> it was last week. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, way to skip over Copa Libertadores. Uh, We're really long. We, we, we don't know anything about it. So, all right, it's uh, it's time for a segment that we call Soccer Things. We're calling dips into the deep, dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe. So, one of the big things coming into this international break is who is missing from Portugal. That's right, Cristiano Ronaldo thankfully has been taken out of the Portuguese side following the recent allegations against him. However, if you read the Italian media, you are finding a remarkable amount of silence about all of this. I've actually been able to read through some of this. I'm I'm doing Duolingo Italian right now too. Like I'm I'm trying to learn. Maybe it's gonna be the place that I move to, Notch. Who knows? But I've been reading through some of these stories and I've been surprised that they're not talking about why exactly it is that Cristiano Ronaldo is being held out of the Portuguese side, despite the fact that he has very credible allegations of having sexually assaulted somebody. Guess what it is? It's the fact that people aren't actually bringing up these allegations as fervently anymore. People aren't talking about it because they're no longer getting paid for it. Yes, that's right. All of these allegations were coming from paid-off victims from, I kid you not, guess who was paying them off? That's right. Everybody's favorite favorite meddling billionaire, 
Silvio Berlusconi. Oh, That's sure. right. I've not seen that coming. That's right. The longtime chairman of AC Milan has been paying off all of these women who are making all of these very credible allegations. And the reason that they're not talking about these allegations anymore is that Silvio Berlusconi has apparently not been paying their checks. All of them are bouncing. All of them are being left out in the cold. That, that's what he says when people enter the room and he takes his pants off. It's just cold. I've just been out in the cold for a while. Guys, seriously. Although he used to have those like naked bunga bunga parties when he was president of Italy. Prime minister or whatever he was. Yeah. Yeah. He's a creep. Like, you read about that guy's escapades, and they are creepy. Like, yeah. super creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's almost like he shouldn't be the one that's like, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of money about this sexual assault stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was all jokes, right? Oh, God, yeah. Okay, good. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to clarify that <laughs> shit. Because uh, my thing about him being a creep wasn't, so... Anyway, just 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 for new listeners who might not be familiar with what we do in the soccer thing segment. If you have been brought in by Nipun Chopra, I feel terrible for you following that segment. All right, with that, it's time for the good people to find out where they can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at TWO United Fans. Please do share this podcast with your friends because you'll find it on my feed each week. You can also find it at Find Podcast Providers Everywhere. Where can the good people find the two of you on Twitter? I'm at Olson 716 I also write for 55-1. Check out my recap of the debacle in Philly. The worst uh, Minnesota team I'd be by uh, in Philadelphia since January. Um, it was Fuck bad. you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks to Tectonics for the use of their song. Lost Lessons, our theme music. Check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and Facebook and the like. Yeah, that's it. You can find me at The Attachment. You can find my writings over at epluribuslunum and epluribuslunum.com. My article, figuring out what exactly Chris Wright is grading in giving a passing grade is coming up in just probably by the time that you've already read this. We Call It Soccer is produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. And with that, it's time for us to bid you adieu for another week. See you in seven days.